Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Soul Therapy, the podcast. I'm your new host for today, Paloma, and I'm the founder of Soul Therapy, and I'm joined with the usual host, Daytona and Daniel. Hi guys, say hi to you people. Yeah. Hello, hi guys. hello, hello. All right, so I basically hijacked the entire podcast <laughs> because there's so much to talk. <laughs> oh, you're the there's... founder. <laughs> sure, yeah. I did hijack it because there's so yeah. much to talk about yeah. um, no problem. this week. So I just felt like, yeah, I'm going to jump in with you guys. Uh, but before we get to it, I've been reading all your messages online and a lot of you seems to love the podcast very much. But have you subscribed yet? So if you haven't done that, please go on your favorite streaming platform and subscribe to the podcast and also leave us a five-star review on Apple. And we release a lot of content really on all our socials. So please go and follow us at soul underscore therapy. And yeah, let's get to the stories. So much has happened in the past few weeks. It's been crazy between between the artists signing to new labels. I'm talking about Swings going to P Nation, Doki going to The Last Kings, and Jamie going to higher music. Mm -hmm. And then the controversy between the NBA crew members. So more particularly Munchman and EK and then... The beef, apparently, that I know nothing about <laughs> um, with Justice and QM. So um, yeah. just to kind of get this all started, uh, mm. let's talk about this new signings first and swings yeah. going to P-Nation uh, because that one is crazy. Like, for I, I didn't expect that at all. So for you guys who don't know P- who P-Nation is like what label it is so it's mm-hmm. size label size label sorry um he started it i think last year mainly with like k-pop artists yeah. you know Je- jesse is a k-pop artist for me now mm-hmm. so yana was in there as well and dawn was in there and mm-hmm. crush actually when he left omega culture yeah he went to he's been, yeah he's been adding a lot of artists recently so he added the arc highs Penomical, and the last signing is None other than swings. Yes. What do you guys think about it? Wow. Man. Uh, <laughs> this came out of a surprise, to be honest. Yes. Like, just wow. I mean, what could I say? First, <laughs> Benzino going to Bana, and then <laughs> swings going to <laughs> P Nation. Like, what? I, I it mean, was, it was a it was mess. Very... It was a very unprecedented move. Like, yeah. Um, like, he was a CEO of IMJ and We The Plug. And then he stepped down, still yeah. is a part of IMJ and We The Plug, but he is also signing a contract with P Nation. So, um, the weird thing is, I don't know the details of this yet because it was never actually fully disclosed. Yeah, they've said a couple yeah. of things. Like, I've read from Sai basically being like, well, um, I'm just managing him as an artist, but he's still going to take care of his labels, which I don't mm. understand because he stepped down as a CEO. So I'm just like, eh? I think True. it's like, yeah, I think it's more of a managerial deal. Like, yeah. um, for foreign listeners, um, for y'all to, um, for international listeners of this podcast, um, to make sure you understand, um, you you people probably know like Meat Mill, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the head of the Dream Chaser, like his own Dream Chasers label, and he's also under MMG by Rick Ross, right? Mm. But he's managed by Rock Nation. Yeah. Mm. So I think P Nation is doing what Rock Nation does for Meat Mill. 
Oh, interesting. I think, I think that's the case. I'm not sure because, as as I just said earlier, nothing has been out like officially disclosed. But all of that in mind, like uh, when it, when Sai talked about like swings taking care of IMJ and we the plug, mm-hmm. he's not officially like the CEO anymore. But I think people in that label still look up to him as some sort of yeah. uh, some sort of a guru, I guess. Big brother figure, kind of. Yeah, thing. Uh, yeah, definitely a big brother figure. Like, so when it comes to like major decisions, making compilation albums, maybe, or just looking for executive like producers for their albums and stuff like that, they will still turn towards swings. They will still look for advice, and I think that's what Sai was talking about. Okay. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Yeah. That's. Uh, a, I think. Yeah. I also think there was a lot of the a negative perception around this situation because there's some mm. people who are saying, yo, mm-hmm. you're still managing this label, but you're still getting signed to another label. Mm-hmm. Like that's not fair. You know, and there's a lot of people kind of disliking that. But for me, I see what? it more as an opportunity, I would say. Yeah. Are disliking I, this? Yeah. I, there I, are, I, I didn't see that. Um, like, people um, were very surprised on my end of the things that mm. I saw. I don't. I think it was on YouTube or something. I mean, those comments that you see, I think um, people people were yeah. kind of kind um, of furious about that. So, like, yeah. that's very weird. <laughs> yeah, I'll just I, go I don't on know. And say, yeah, you like you weird people need to chill because <laughs> um, this is not something that is like something to get angry about. Like, yeah, how no, for is sure. Getting for a sure. contract, something to be angry about. It's not like, um, look. Like anyone who follows me on IG knows that um, I'm very far from being a conservative person. I'm a very <laughs> liberal, like more like a progressive person. You cannot blame P Nation as a corporation for this. Like, for sure. why? Like they're not they're not a charity like organization. <laughs> yeah, there's no naps. There's no need for Psy in whatsoever. There's no moral obligation for Psy whatsoever to have to sign. Um, avoid signing established artists. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like this. The very fact that you're angry about this is something I really don't get. Like, why? <laughs> There's yeah. no angle possible to say that. No, or I guess, sure. I, I guess think for me, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I guess what I was gonna say was maybe furious was a strong word. I take that back. Mm-hmm. I think it was more of just kind of like, mm-hmm. huh? Like, really? Like, come on. But not in like, a more not in a furious way, but just kind of like, yo, mm-hmm. come on, dude, yeah, like that, that kind of tone. I think it's more because people wanted him to like kind of take care of his artists because, for example, like exactly. them are not releasing yeah. any music. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. So and he's like, he's jumping onto this contract with P Nation and stuff like that. I think, to be honest, for me, I think it's a great thing for him because Sai is doing really, really great with his artists at the oh, moment. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. he's got, He's had very successful comebacks. So I think for him, mm-hmm. signing with P Nation is maybe like a step forward, like you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, meaning that he's doing so great with his artists, like internationally, sure. and he just wants to have that. And he kind of felt that it was a lot of pressure for him to mm-hmm. just be under the label that is supposed to kind of give guidance yeah. to um, his own art, his artist too. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, for me, it's a great thing. And he also said he was he reached out to Sai himself because mm-hmm. he was very, very depressed after Show Me the Money Nine. 
Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, he didn't. He didn't know. He didn't know Sai personally. Like basically, uh, Gary Boy is close to Sai, so he yeah. just reached out to uh, mm. Gary Boy and asked him for Sai's number, and they met up, and then it just kind of came about. So I I respect that. Sometimes yeah. he just said basically he can't handle his own career anymore. So yeah. I respect that. And you know what yeah. I respect a lot about P Nation is the fact that they started off as like this K-pop label, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. Paloma, and mm-hmm. just. I like how P Nation has been able to evolve into more of a diverse label. Yeah. So you yeah. got K-pop and then you got some R&B in there and now you got some full yeah. on straight hip hop. So in that regard, I highly respect Sai so much. Mm. And I used to listen to him as a kid. So yeah. him seeing <laughs> as a a big uh, a CEO of a yeah. you know of a a very diverse label, mm. I think P Nation is is headed in the right direction. Mm. Yeah, you've mentioned that, I think, in a previous podcast, um, they talk yeah. about uh, handling those labels a bit like the US because they sign all type of artists. And I yes, think exactly. it's, really, it's really, really doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think it's going to do great under the label. So let's see mm-hmm. what it's got in store. For sure. Um, another big signee was Doki going to Oof, last The Kings. Last King. Wow. Yeah. That was uh, a surprise. Uh, it wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, I knew wow. like, yeah, yeah, I knew like they were like close, but I never thought he would actually be signed. Yeah, I, I see. Mm. I see what you mean. Like because when he like retired to the US or whatever you yeah. want to call it, he was hanging a lot with this guy called A two. Mm. Um. So A two is basically like he has. I think he started um, the last game with Tiger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, yeah, I think that's going to be his best, his move is like his mm-hmm. next move because, you know, leaving, um, Illionaire at the time when you left Illionaire and stuff like that and went to the U S and I just felt like that's the kind of career that he wanted because he's, he said that in the past that he was sort of tired of Korea, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Like there was a lot of controversy surrounding Toki at the time, like, Regarding, um, he was uh, accused of not paying back his debts. Like exactly mm-hmm. to be exactly, like his parents were accused of not paying debts and stuff like that. Mm. Um, that's a whole other story for another day. But he, w- there was definitely enough reason for him to think that Korea is a shitty place and he wanted to leave because everyone was like, uh, like it was a typical um, cancel culture shit. Mm-hmm. But this was one of those instances where it's not really for him to blame. Because legally, there was nothing binding. And people were more obsessed with how he spoke like during the controversy rather than the actual controversy itself. Oh, what True. did he say? Like, um, he says something like he, there, he had no reason to scam a person because uh, he already spends more in a single meal than you people ever will. And stuff like that. So people were like, you're Bars. not sensitive enough for poor people. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like Korea is a place like that. Like, I'm like through this podcast, I'm really bad mouthing Korea a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're um, explaining it. You know, for for people who don't know, yeah. I think that's the reality uh, of it. But um, I'm not saying like I'm the ultimate authority when it comes to Korean culture and Korean society. But you have to realize that you are looking from the outside in. While I was here, like basically since I was born. So there are different perspectives. And from what I have seen, um, being a celebrity in Korea is kind of way harsher being a celebrity in the Western Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. There's so many sure. regulations. There's so many like 
un regulations that are not even legal like in legal terms there's so many taboos that you shouldn't do to the point mm. where it seems really absurd like this is a country where weed and porn is illegal mm. yeah this is not a liberal country whatsoever which is kind of an irony considering that um like most k-pop fans i've seen most international k-pop fans are mm-hmm. like k-pop because it is very um uncontroversial like because yeah. the music is very politically safe yeah but that is exactly why k-pop is doing so well on the charts yeah for yeah, sure because people do not want to face controversy here people do not want do not expect that kind of material from pop, pop culture like here pop culture is is rarely anything more than entertainment like There's no Kendrick Lamar's. There's no um yeah. There's no princes. Like that would be impossible in Korea. There are a few instances back in the way um maybe the 90s or the 2000s but that that kind of movement is done here and yeah. So considering all that it is kind of logical for Toki to leave because yeah. I wouldn't want to be here either. You know, <laughs> I hear you. If you had I the money you. and you had the skills and you had enough, you already raked enough dough from Korea. There's no reason to stay here. For sure. sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. for me, I guess instead of being fully surprised, I'd say mm. I was half and half, but mm. at the same time, a bit concerning. Just because you know, when you become influenced by the American mm. hip hop culture, you're mm. kind of going in with. predictability that you know the type of music you're going to make in terms yeah. of like yeah. the mm. the sounds yeah. you know people are going to be oh the sounds too repetitive oh mm. this you know this is just another what like Run future or or something like yeah. migos type stuff so i was going to say so there is a little bit of concern yes, from me mm-hmm. but knowing toki and his past songs mm. i'd say i kind of put that off to a side for a bit But yeah. you're in a label with Tyga, and you know oh. the type of music Tyga makes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rack City, bitch. Rack, rack yeah. City, bitch. Oh man, uh, rack so I'm, rack ca- I'm skeptical as fuck. If I must know the video, yeah. But but I do know. I did see a video of Double yeah. K and Toki in the studio. So yeah. who knows? Their ass off. Who knows? They might surprise yeah. us, or again, it might just be another recycled uh. stuff. So, do you but think at the end of the day, work? I'm excited. Huh? Do you think it's going to work? Because for me, I'm like, I, I understand and respect the move mm-hmm. definitely, and he's a very skilled rapper and all mm. of that. Like, there's no denying it for sure. But for me, if you're moving into like a new country, especially when there's so so many talented rappers and they all have mm. something unique yeah. to bring. Exactly. For me, and obviously with like all of them, we have not seen a like a case of like a Asian rapper really making it big yeah, in the US. Exactly. Yet. And if you're going to go and then sounds sound like American and not actually bring your own flavor, like a very unique flavor to um your music, yeah. I think that's not going to work. Like they're just going to be like, yeah. "Oh, that's another Asian rapper." kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. You you see what I mean? So that's what I'm yeah. scared of. Kind of skeptical uh, about. Um first of all, he dropped that new video, right? Culture, yeah. 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 
um, I was kind of relieved because okay. I thought he would be going for like a completely different direction than he did, making mm-hmm. it as commercial as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that like that track was something like super underground or, but it was it was like way better than I expected. Like yeah. And um, he has some IG snaps on his studio sessions, and he's not looking to make like generic track music, mm-hmm. which is a good sign. And considering what you just said, Paloma, um, I share your same concerns. Like, mm-hmm. Last Kings is not exactly a label that I'm a I'm very fond of. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of Tiger's music in the first place, and. But if you consider what kind of music Toki was making, like it, it kind of makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Taiga is at least rhyming on his records, you know. Mm-hmm. He's not like auto tuning bullshit through. Like he's not you know rapper that like riffs on auto tune and bullshits the beat. Like he at least rhymes. Sure. The problem is those rhymes are not very good, but <laughs> he's at least <laughs> he's at least rhyming and. That's and there are lots of musical like common ground between Toki's music and Taiga's, and like the thing is, as you just said, Paloma, he's not exactly unique compared to the American sound. For sure, um, I think he has to make it up with his lyrical content. Um, yeah, not saying that he has to be like completely do a, a one fifth like a one eighty and start rapping like um, Kendrick Lamar. Or j cole all i'm saying is like he could at least use more asian slang in his music i guess yeah mm-hmm. i was gonna say that because yeah when the when i heard culture for example it was all english i think yeah and then there was he some came into korean, the korean for a bit yeah yeah really little but like he needs to do a little bit more of that in my opinion like yeah not using korean but maybe using korean cultural terms like um, jay park did that with soju mm-hmm. um like he needs to do more of that. He needs to do anything that will make him stand out. Exactly. Yeah. And what is a better way to do that than to embrace your Asian heritage? For sure. Mm-hmm. But I think it was it was kind of like for me, he kind of just wants to be a rapper. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. He doesn't want the baggage of being a, an Asian rapper to come along yeah. with his music kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I feel mm-hmm. like that's a shame mm-hmm. because he should definitely be using that because that's what makes him unique. Mm-hmm. True. So, yeah, that's just my opinion. I think he needs to balance it. Like, he doesn't, like, for example, there's this rapper called China Mag, right? Yeah. I look at China Mag and it's like, uh, he's, I'm, I'm, I might catch a little flag for saying this. <laughs> Always. <laughs> um, and being an Asian myself, of course, like, it's almost like, uh, that guy's too Asian. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, like the way he pronounces the words and the way he flows on the beat is not exactly what you. There's some very different. There's a huge difference with how state rappers, like the rappers in the states, do. And embracing too much of your heritage might become a problem because it alienates you from commercial value. Okay. So what I'm expecting from Toki is because he was not exactly a rapper that um, even in Korea, when he was rapping his ass off here, he wasn't exactly like the Korean rapper 
like the Korean Korean rapper. He was like the Korean rapper that does some of the mainstream stuff that's going in the States. And that's what mm-hmm. made him hot. Yeah. So Toki's identity is more about balancing Western and Eastern values in his music rather than just going flat out Eastern. So yeah. um, from what I heard from culture, I think that track a little bit more than that, but not too much, I guess, because at the end of the day, I just want to do, I, I just want to see him do some, like, really get the bag. Like, really yeah. have a career in the States. And after you have a career in the States, then you can embrace more of your Asian heritage and people will be more open to it. And I don't know. It's just, I really want him to do good. Yeah, that that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I really want him to, to do good because then it means that it opens doors for other yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, exactly. I really, really want him to do good. That's why I yeah. respect the move, although I'm very skeptical about it. Yeah, just because yeah, it kind of opens up the door for the game other is kind of stacked against him. But yeah, I don't. Who knows? Like he has been known for, like coming through against all sorts of odds always. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, L- let's see what he comes up with. I believe in Gonzo. <laughs> <laughs> all right, another signee, um, mm-hmm. another K-pop. Artists and yeah. going on to a J Park label, uh, <laughs> so JB from Gut Seven, yeah. also known as Death from Osho. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I don't know if you guys know a bit about the what it does and that kind of stuff, or I can mm-hmm. explain because I'm a bit familiar mm-hmm. um, with his work. So he basically is like the um, leader of Gut Seven, and he's been. In the underground, kind of KRNB mm. scene, underground scene, um, a lot. Like, uh, he's collaborated with, like, Jibinov and, like, all mm. these um, producers and all of that. So, he also has a crew called Offshore. So, it's basically a crew of, like, R&B um, musicians and artists. And within GOT7, he had a subunit called Just You, uh, where, basically, it was, just, like, they released an EP with Yugium, actually. Mm-hmm. Um and they released like a really like R and B uh, EP that I really really like personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think him going to higher makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just because yeah, he's been dabbling into the underground scene for like mm-hmm. the past four years and releasing songs on SoundCloud and all of that. And he's a producer as well, so that makes sense for me. What do you guys think? I really like the move. I mean, it was bound to happen anyways. It was bound to yeah. happen anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think Jay Park's making big moves, which I really like. Mm. I really like mm. the fact that his label, especially, is going diverse as well, just like what mm. P Nation's doing. But I do think Jay Park has like a specific condition with it, maybe mm-hmm. in terms of who he wants to bring in. So I, mm. I highly respect that. But man, JB, he he's gonna be he's gonna be a a force, you know, in the mm. especially in the Korean R and B scene. I would say. You yeah, know, with the latest song that he dropped, with mm-hmm. so he's really respected, actually. Yeah, no, I, think I would. He is. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. His vocals is very. I'd say it's unique. He has an mm. unconventional voice that I mm. really like, and him joining Jay Park, it just made total sense. I think mm. with the people that he's surrounded with, with the producers that he's surrounded with, I think. Mm. A lot of amazing projects are yet mm. to be, you know, um, dropped. But 
I'm just super excited for him. I'm excited that, you know, a lot of the artists that he's signed are from JYP. Exactly. Oh. I was trying to talk <laughs> yes. about that. So, I love the oh, fuck you yes, energy. I was, talking, I was trying to talk about oh. this. J-Pop's yeah. Revenge. You know, there's... J-Pop's Revenge. Ten no. years after. That's amazing. Yeah. There is I'm going to take um, all your motherfuckers <laughs> and make great motherfuckers of myself. Like, God damn it. He's taking everyone. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of freedom and yeah. creativity for JB at Higher mm-hmm. Music. So I'm just super happy for him. So shout out, yeah. Like the timing of this was impeccable. Like JYP is catching a lot of flack mm-hmm. these days because his new song with Itzy was so fucking horrible. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, I've seen Quanky Bakes uh, thing. You're not going to censor about it. <laughs> oh, it's not my opinion either. Like people are hating that song. The B was trash. Yikes. Like the title was trash. Even the Yikes. title was trash. <laughs> like it was so corny. The lyrics were corny. The flow was awkward. Yikes. Maybe the melody was fine, but it was just passable. Yikes. And people were like shitting on that song so much. Like it's almost like the second coming of, you know, Rain's gang single. <laughs> yeah, people are hating it. Like even the even Itzy fans are not shielding this. Like even Itzy fans are like, "Man, JYP, what were you thinking? Just stick to making retro beats. You are not going to do well. Like you're not Pangxia. Like you're not. You're not. You don't have any like enough experience with contemporary hip hop production. Like all Facts. sorts of bullshit was going through. And the problem is they are right. They are really right. Like that is a beat that would come out in like. The late 2000s. Like, yeah. you would hear this on, like, a Jeezy B-cut or something. And with all of that in mind, with JIP catching flack and Jay Park keeps scoring on <laughs> and former JYP artists. That helps. I mean, it's probably coincidental. You know what? Um, it might not be. It might be because I'm not going to, like, say it's certain for anything because we never know in the end of the day. But the timing of this was just so impeccable. It was mm. such a masterful move from Jay Park. Like, because JRP is catching so much flack, it means that um, there's going to be scrutiny and more eyes on the, like, any JYP and affiliated artists, mm-hmm. right? And so, in a sense, getting JB into a higher music, um, it was AOMG or high music. Higher music. High music. Yeah, higher music. It's basically going to, like, it's promo on its own. You don't have to, like, put out more, like, marketing schemes. It's just marketable that, that, like, this is, like, automated clout, you know, because of all the shit that's going on with JRP right now. And um, it was such a great move. Um, I'm not qualified enough to talk about JB's music because I'm not familiar with the God7 catalog. But... Mm -hmm. The single was great. Um, from what I just heard from the single, if this was what JB always wanted to do, mm, keep doing it. Like the song was great. Um, enough, like he got enough like attention to. Um, mm-hmm. He got enough attention. The timing was great. It's it's another win. It's another double. He seems more it. happy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, there was a small controversy though regarding yeah. JB. <laughs> I saw um, because he had a <laughs> naked picture of a woman in his IG uh, live. Uh, yeah. you, you, you get what I told you about like early in this session, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, god damn, it's his room. <laughs> it's yeah, his and then room. first of all, Why it's actually... Gives... 
so much fuck about like oh man it wasn't actually it wasn't even like nudes or anything it was like i think um picture that uh an artist took so it was like an exhibition a picture from the exhibition that kind of gives him um inspiration when he's writing his songs and i was like have you heard switch it up it's not for 13 year olds like yeah the man is 27 like what are you doing literally yeah you see you see the paradox you mean like paradox of like this is if i was jb this is exactly why i would want to get out of a k-pop group um like this is a great opportunity huh you mean company not yeah um just out of the k-pop industry in general Mm mm-hmm Okay. Like switching to a R&B platform and a hip hop platform is way more forgiving morally. Like if you consider this as morally problematic in the first place, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's all sorts of shit that you shouldn't do as a K-pop idol. Like you're not allowed yeah. to have those pictures. Like the fans will hate you for it, but not international fans. I'm not speaking about speaking about the international fans here. I'm speaking about the domestic fans. It's just liberation in a sense. And if you earn significantly less, but still enough to have a career and you're free to do whatever you want, wouldn't you take the second option of going to the hip hop industry rather than staying in the K-pop Ab- industry? Absolutely. Sure. I can't yeah, yeah. It. Exactly. <laughs> like it's a great move for both J Park and JB. Like this is yeah. kind of like the last problems he will have because yeah, for if, sure. Yeah. He's going to change his fan base. Like he needs to transition out of that 13 year old fan base. <laughs> And this is a great opportunity to do that. Yeah, for sure. And I like the yeah. response of Hire with regards to the controversy because yeah. they didn't really apologize for him having exactly. this Exactly. They were just like, actually, we apologize that 13-year-old girls or whatever <laughs> saw that. But actually, we don't apologize that he had those pictures because exactly. what the fuck? Yeah. Exactly. And exactly. if it was any like other K-pop entertainment company, they would have just thrown him under the bus and like, hey, yeah. take a break or something like that. So yeah. exactly. I really like the fact that they're basically supporting their artists yeah. in whatever, mm. you know, thing that they do, which is basically what he wanted. So that's what he mm. got. Although I've got like, I'm a bit skeptical again mm. um, with the higher thingy because it's very much a rapper's label kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? And all their um, artists that were like R&B, I'm talking about J-Soul and then Mokyo that was a bit more alternative. Mm. They didn't really flourish under the label, you know, Mm. like they didn't stay for a long time. So like, I'm like, this could be a new start for them to actually build their R&B sort of wing of higher. Because they're going to have an artist that's going to be so successful. So definitely like make that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um. They um. Also, like, I um. I know, like, a lot of people. Not a lot. But some people disagree on this, but I basically look at higher and AOMG as similar entities. Like, mm-hmm. Indigo Music is like just music and stuff like that. And considering they are like, um, they also have R and B singers like Hoodie and Lehigh on the mm-hmm. label as well. Like, they're really trying to expand beyond hip hop. Yeah. And. I think it, this signing JB is like a part of that. Um, I think Chisol was also a JYP, but yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chisol was a bit puzzling for me because he changed his name and then he changed it back again, and mm. then he changed it and he changed it back again. And yeah, he was signed and did one compilation album and just 
decided to go out again. So I don't. He think... had a small EP actually. Yeah, I think that was like I'm not saying it was controversial or anything, but um, I think it was more of a personal problems mm-hmm. rather than like Jay Park's failure in marketing or anything. Mm-hmm. So I think I really want to see what Jay Park does with this um, R&B roster right here. So. Yeah, mm. for sure. I, I'm yeah. excited about that just to see if he's going to be signing more artists like that yeah. are more R&B than actual rappers mm-hmm. and just to kind of build that wing of that label because AMG is doing great with like R&B artists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just want to kind of see the same with Haye. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, unless you guys have something more to say about this, but here we are about the signees. Mm-hmm. Congrats so to JB. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Like, I'm very happy for him because I've sort of seen the past year how mm. the kind of path they've all taken. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very exciting to see. So, Justice and QM has been, mm-hmm. have been beefing. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah, I, ha- because I have he didn't, no idea about this. He didn't, he didn't pop up in international mm. fan bases. Like, mm-hmm. I have not seen anybody talk about it. Mm. But you said, Minyoung, that they have been beefing just to you i will let you give the guys a context about the beef yeah. between vmc and justice mm. i think it started in 2018 was it yeah um to be blunt like the vmc and justice beef was like the world war ii of korean hip-hop <laughs> wow um, you know what let me let me let me get rid of that um world war ii was the control beef back in this, mm-hmm. this stuff oh, yeah uh, more accurate would be like this was the Vietnam War of oh, hip hop. Um, basically, uh, like in Korean hip hop, there had been like it's not that much of an issue these days, I guess. But back in the days, especially around the time um, around 2015, there has been a huge con- like there's this always controversy regarding which rapper goes on to TV and sells out. Like if you go on TV, you're a sellout. If you make love songs, you're a sellout. Like if you make pop songs, you're a fucking sellout. Like that was a very huge like um, disparity between hip hop circles. You know what I mean? And D Flow was one of the um, people who was like really adamant. Like he was the super underground dude. Like fuck these all. Like he was one of the the guys that said like fuck all these commercial rappers. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. And a lot of people looked up to D Flow for that. Yeah. Justice was one of those kids, even before he became a rapper. Mm. Problem is, um, once Justice became a similar entity in Korean hip hop, where he was like, fuck all these commercial rappers, like, this is real hip hop shit, you know what I mean? But the problem was, D Flow kind of changed. Some mm. people view it as a betrayal of the culture. Some people was like, that's just natural progression. But D Flow started going on TV and people kind of hated him for it. Like people view, viewed him as a hypocrite. Like you was the, like you were the poster child of being the super underground, fuck the commercial stuff. And then you go on on TV, like what the fuck are you doing? Hmm. There has always been that sentiment in the underground. And justice kind of actually made that into a beef. Like he made a nine minute diss track against <laughs> For I remember out. that. I remember yeah. that. To say, did it not start with Don Malik? So Justice and Don Malik are the same type of dudes, you know. Mm-hmm. And Don Malik was the first to diss Deflo about that, and like telling Deflo, like, "What the fuck are you doing? 
Why are you going on TV and still saying that you're underground when you made a career by dissing commercialized rappers? Like you're a hypocrite. That's what Don Malik was saying. And Don Malik and D-Flo had all these back and forth. And once that was happening, Justice kind of stepped into the ring as well because Justice and Don Malik are very good friends. Mm-hmm. And they had the same stance. Justice was like, oh, like Don Malik's right. You're a bitch. That's what he basically said to D-Flo. And D-Flo was like fighting for like fighting multiple fronts at once. And even his VMC label mates, Noxile and Don Mills, was involved with the beef as well. Mm-hmm. So it was like this whole debacle between the entire underground versus this major company. Not the entire underground, but, you know, the underground was really fractured. And that all, all of that happened, and D-Flow suffered a lot. Like, his diss tracks were fire as well, but, you know, most people viewed him as a hypocrite. Especially, like, with the last season of Show Me The Money Nine, where um, Lil Boy was, like, he was, he, like, mentally suffered from the, like, the ripples of the VMC beef, you know? Yeah. 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 That made D-Flow look very bad. Like, he's, like, the villain of the rap game right now, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like Pusha T. You get what I mean? Oh, yeah. But it turns out Pusha T sells out as well, and some other rappers diss Pusha T as well, you know? To make a comparison for your people to understand, Pusha T, like, Pusha T dissed Drake, right? Yep. Drake for being pop and for being a deadbeat dad, right? And Mm -hmm. in this case, it's like Pusha T turned out to be the same guy as Drake. And people got pissed about that. So all in all, like it was this very messy beef about going on TV is selling out. No, it's not. Then why did you diss them in the first, like this people were commercialized in the first week, blah, 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 blah. It was a whole mess. And all of this kind of died as time passed. And then justice went on TV as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see what I mean? So it's like, yeah. It's like, the person who dissed the hypocrite became a hypocrite as well. Like there's also like there's some technical differences here because like Justice is saying that I was not exactly saying that commercializing is wrong. It's more like how you're commercializing and stuff like that. But people are like, really, motherfucker? Like, and some people are like, he's right, and blah 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 again. But QM is one of those rappers that is in VMC. Mm. And he's a person that still thinks that. Like, like, he's still someone who makes, who thinks, who has that underground mentality. So it's mm. dissing justice because you're being the hypocrite when you dissed the hypocrite back in the days. You, you see what I mean? Yeah. You, you get the picture now, right? Mm-hmm. So it's this, this is like the odyssey of hypocrisy and hypocrisy and hypocrisy going down again and again and again. And this is like the next cycle. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and QM is like, you you became the same person as D-Flow. And QM is basically like, at least me being in VMC and me looking at, still looking at D-Flow as an OG, like, QM is basically saying like, um, well, at least D-Flow owned to the fact that he betrayed, like, he was a hypocrite. Hmm. He's basically saying just, but you are not even admitting that you became one. And it seems like the Korean hip hop community is on QM's side. 
they're saying like, yeah, justice has no say in this. Like, not the technical stuff, not like this track itself, but more about when it comes to stance and when it comes to um moral like moral implications. Like they're saying, justice really kind of has nothing to say against QM. No, I've got problems with him recently, so. <laughs> um, the man said the n-word and he hasn't addressed mm. that so oh, i am waiting for justice to do it um, i don't think he will because as mm. yeah but that's that's just one of the things where you think like these rappers know better mm. um than saying that word yeah because of the way that i think about justice is that he speaks english first of all mm-hmm. and all of the rappers that he look up to are very like you know we were talking about that the other day, I think. Yeah. With, uh, with you. So yeah. I'm just like I'm. A, I'm very, very disappointed that he wouldn't at least address it. Yeah. I mean, he was from a couple of years ago, yeah. and he should still address it. For sure. Yeah, For so sure. I'm just like I've got. I've got problems. I've got problems with him right now. So I'm just. Like, I'm. I'm waiting, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna wait for a long time because you said he's not. <laughs> he's not going to address it, um, which is very much like, a shame. The only time. Like celebrities have any motive to address things is if their market is going to be affected by it. Yep. True. And um, frankly, Koreans don't know about this. They have no reason to know about this either because mm-hmm. that word was said in like some mixtape really back in the days, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like people don't have knowledge about this. It's not going to affect the sales. It's not like. So it's like, eh. It's like a couple international fans just saying that and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, but there are not many international fans of Justice no, either, right? So no, no. Like yeah. What you people like need to realize, people who are listening to this podcast and everyone, just in not just Korean hip-hop in general, but it has been a long time since I idolized any kind of artist. I just mm, yep. see them as producers and I'm the consumer, you yeah. know? Um, it is... It's disappointing, but I have been disappointed so many times before. <laughs> so it's like, ah. Uh, I don't want to become numb to this stuff, you know. Huh? For sure, for sure. I don't want to become numb to this stuff. Like, yeah. you know, just like, eh. It really won't. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've been through worse kind of thing. I feel like then it just Ugh. kind of gives them room to fuck up a bit more. Yeah. Um, But it's really, really hard to also, like, care because you, you're so used to it kind of thing. There's so much shit that we have to care about, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I'm tired of this shit. There's so many like, oh, like I I get it in a sense because making art create like requires some sort of ego. A person yeah. with no ego does not make good great art. Uh, I think, and sometimes like check yourself, man. Seriously, like <laughs> like what I've always been saying. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to end up like Kanye. Oh, like, sure. No. Look at the dude. Dude is miserable right now. And that is a result of his ego. I don't care what nobody says. He's going through that shit because of his ego. Mm-hmm. And mm. it's not it's not his surrounding problems. He had a great wife. I know like I know like people are going to shit on Kardashian, but I don't care. She was a great wife for Kanye. She really was. And she did everything she could from what I know. I mean, all of the other stuff about not being a wife and being a model and all of the celebrity stuff, that's controversial. Mm-hmm. But as a wife, 
She did practically everything she could do for Kanye West, and still True. Kanye fucked it up because of his ego. And that is the problem because people think that shit is cool. People look at Kanye as not as a, a musical genius, but an actual genius, which is a problem. He's mm. not supposed to be the inspiration for you people artists. He's living miserably. He's hurting people all the time. Yeah. Why are people looking at that tortured artist like? Artist kind of persona and thinking that shit is cool. It's not. The point about Kanye, like I know this is a Korean hip hop podcast, but I'm saying this because it matters. Mm -hmm. Um, basically, if you're hurting someone else, that shit is not cool. Of course, no. You look at Kanye and say that he makes great music. Either just because he makes great music doesn't mean he's a great person, and. Mm. Apparently, like people think that is really cool. People look up to that shit. I don't understand that. Like, consume the art and separate the art from the artist, and say that you have you have to you need to have the balls to say that art was great, but that artist was a shitty ass person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, stop feeding into that shit because people because artists will take you of that, and because it will sell, they will do the same shit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Fans are very forgiving. For yeah, no don't make a good example of this. Stop that shit. Like, fuck you. Like, why are why are we giving excuses to people for hurting other hurting someone else? <laughs> this is unacceptable. You like, um, this uh, this is always a balance issue because Korea is kind of different. Like, Americans are too forgiving. Koreans are too way less forgiving. Like, find a fucking middle ground. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Seriously. Like, Koreans, if Koreans, like, delving a little bit off to the sidetrack, if Koreans were, like, one-tenth more um, unforgiving of politicians than they are of celebrities, this would have been a way greater country to live in. Mm -hmm. And, like, in the case of America, it's vice versa. Like... God damn, people, find a fucking balance is what I'm saying. Just, I'm tired of this shit. Like, as a person who's both in, through soul therapy, like, in an international platform, and through hip-hop play on a domestic platform, it's like I'm saying bullshit on both sides every fucking day. <laughs> like, I'm getting tired of this shit, man. Like, like... Yeah, I see. You get the best of both worlds. <laughs> The best? The worst oh, the of both worst? worlds. <laughs> I'm getting the worst of both worlds. And it, it's really frustrating. It, it kind of leads us to our next story, actually, to the next point of like yeah. people hurting each other and like egos. So I need to give you guys a disclaimer um, for this one. So this part of the podcast might contain details of assault and drug abuse so that if you don't want to listen and if you feel like you're sensitive to the subject, just skip to uh, the next part where we tell you about the songs that we've been listening to. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Munchman, EK, NBA, Controversy. Mm. So, if you want more in-depth story about exactly what happened, you can go and watch the update for the past two weeks and then you'll get to know. But basically, just kind of give a bit of a rundown through the story mm. is that uh, Munchman accused EK of assaulting him and... Um, 
kind of just like make him do things that he didn't want to do within NBA crew. So NBA is basically a crew of rappers and dancers, and they've been on the come up a bit, um, especially from uh, EK being a contestant on Show Me The Money 7, and then Munchman being in the biggest K-hip-hop track of last year, VVS, and he was on Show Me The Money 9. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so basically that's the gist of it. And what happened What happened after that, he's posted a lot of different stories, like off, yeah. the, sh- off the chart shit um, on his Instagram, um, even calling out B3, tagging Palo Alto, and all, like it was a mess, yeah. saying the N-word was, left yeah. and right and stuff like that. It was truly, truly a mess. And obviously, by the looks of his Instagram story, you could see that it was under, you know, some substance. I don't know what it is, if it was under antidepressants and stuff like that. But um, what happened at the back of that is that some fans called the police to his house and basically they came and they found him so that he wasn't actually able to speak or anything. So he's being investigated now. Um, My thing is that it's... It's one of the things that I'm just, I'm always on the side of the victim with regards Mm. to these stories, you know, Um, and I very much empathize with, Mm. you know, the victim and mental health is a, Mm. is a thing, like it it is a thing, it's very, very real, Mm. but what I don't empathize with, uh, we're going to go back to the N-word again and then just Mm. saying off the chart shit, is that people using their mental issues to say the craziest things. I don't mm. empathize with that shit. Mm. So I'm just like, I'm fencing here mm. in this story. I'm like... Um, yeah, well, fencing is yeah. the best method to deal with this stuff. Um, uh, first of all, being a huge fan of like um, metal, black metal, goth stuff, mm-hmm. I'm familiar with satanic imagery a lot of the times. Yep. And even for a person like me, NBA uh, Munchman's IG stories were what the fuck kind of level of satanism? Like, like it was so dark and demented and disturbed. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah. what the fuck is happening with this guy? Um, first of all, I'll just go out on a limb to say mental health is a serious issue. For sure. But that is yeah. not an excuse for you to act like a jackass. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. And Munchman kind of acted like a jackass here. Because um, he... Uh, the, the accusations he made kind of don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, he says mm-hmm. that uh, he wrote... Um, his lyrics were written by someone else. And that he performed it because uh, they forced him to. Yeah. But that doesn't make sense because uh, he was not under any pressure to perform those songs. Like, logistically speaking, he was not contract bound yet. Mm -hmm. So there was no, like method for MBA to actually have oppressed him to perform those lyrics. Yeah. And that's where it doesn't make sense, you know? And then there's this whole issue about, um, he shouted out some MBA members and 
he mm-hmm. dis he dissed some other NBA members. But the problem yep. is the NBA members he endorsed actually said you're said he was bullshit. Yeah. So the more as the more this progressed until the point of his arrest, it's it seemed very bad for Munchman because all of the signs were pointing that uh this guy's not right in his mental like he's kind of wilding out and this is a personal now from here on this is a personal kind of speculation when he mm. dissed be free i thought be free would be like going crazy again yeah yeah he's a guy that would like no fuck you man i'm gonna beat you up kind of guy i'm not saying that's a good thing that's just who he is that's how he's going to act if you get dissed, if he gets dissed. But when Munchman dissed Be Free, Be Free turned on his IG live and said, you know what, help, go and help Munchman. He's he's going through some shit. Mm-hmm. Like, he's sick right now. Be Free is not the type of person to say that, you know what I mean? Yeah. The very fact that the rap game's biggest villain goes on to say and actually say that support him. Like, really heartfelt, like, saying that he needs help. All of the signs are pointing that Munchman is sick. I'm not saying necessarily that Munchman is being an asshole. I mean, he did some jackass stuff in this incident, but I think he is genuinely disturbed. Yeah. I, this is... Uh, I actually mentioned Kanye West before this podcast, in, in this session right here. The, his behavior is remarkably similar to Kanye West. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? And there's this accusation of him bad-mouthing Mirani... Like, um, no way! I didn't hear about that. Yeah, there's this. Uh, um, Ek actually said on his IG live that um, he was like basically dissing everyone that was on Show Me the Money Nine behind their back when he was with like the NBA crew and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I just think I think I don't want to blame much, man, because I think he's really going through some shit. Um, one thing that um, international fans need to know is that he didn't get caught for illegal drugs. He got arrested not because of the illegal drugs. He got arrested mm-hmm. because he overdosed on drugs that he was already um, prescribed. Yeah. So he was already going through mental therapy. Mm-hmm. So like even everyone else in the NBA crew is like, you know what? He's sick. Leave him the fuck alone. Like. Don't hate on like I would. My conclusion from this is don't hate too much on Munchman. Like he's sick, and mm-hmm. not not sick in the sense that he's a sick person, but like he's really like he's yeah. a patient. He's a patient right now, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't trust a lot of the things Munchman said around NBA. Not because Munchman is a liar, but it kind of logistically does not make sense. So. Uh, I, yeah, it's a very like you said, Paloma. This is a very fencing kind of issue because in these kind of incidents, it's very important that the victim gets the first platform. Yeah, but the case is kind of already done now. Like mm-hmm. this has this beef has been brewing for a while, and it's kind of dead now. And putting it's it's a it's a point in time where we can look at this in a retrospective sense. Like the K-pop community all already gave Munchman his first platform when this like erupted, when this case was first erupted, and yeah, I mean, we gave him a voice, 
we got mm-hmm. we were like the K-pop community was like a uh, very sympathetic toward Munchman, but as the mm-hmm. case progressed, it's like it's kind of being proven that you know it was more of a psychotic episodes rather than yeah actual mishappening. So yeah, in this case, don't hate on either sides. That's that's the message I want to get across. Like mm-hmm. mental health is a real thing, people, and. It's not exactly just a public breakdown. Yeah, you you don't know what going through mental episodes are unless you have gone through one yourself. Mm. So, don't shit on people too much. Seriously, um, this is what I just talked about. Like, find the middle ground. Like, there are some instances, believe it or not, that are actually complicated and where you are like both sides are at fault. And both sides are not exactly guilty all the time. So when it comes to this NBA incident, don't hate too much on either side. Just kind of let it go. Like, just look at it how it plays out. Because from what I gather, um, after Munchman is, like, back in shape, I can see him getting admitted back into NBA again. You reckon? Yeah. Because for now, then... Yeah. Um, the CEO of Stoneship said he wasn't contracted with him, I think, anymore. Yeah. So, like, yeah, exactly. Like, they have no ties with each other now, so let them, mm-hmm. like, regroup in their respective spaces. So, yeah. yeah. And sort it out. I yeah, guess. sort it out. These, these, you cannot sort it out for them, right? <laughs> we yeah. cannot sort it out for them. This is not, like, if, taking sides won't help. Like, our sites really don't matter in this kind of issue. So, just let them do their own thing, please. I I, I do agree with that. Mm. Well, as we now come to the end of the episode, mm. we've got some bangers for you to put on your playlist if it's mm. dry. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what have you guys been listening to recently? Um, For me, again, I like I said, it's a huge fan of the yeah. music i've just been listening to random stuff whatever's on the playlist but mm-hmm. i came down to the song called keep right which is by the quiet and it features mm-hmm. a really legendary producer by the name of loptimus and it features him uh-huh. and it's produced by loptimus and this came mm-hmm. off of the quiet's album the real me in 2007 yeah and i had to pick this just because mm-hmm. it's straight hip-hop you know, it mm-hmm. takes you back to the old days, you know, and mm-hmm. this is part, this is when he was, or they were both in Soul Company, so. Yeah, I think so too. So, all I can just say with this song was, it's it's straight off, kind of like an anthem, like a mm. Korean hip-hop anthem, I would yeah. I would say. And it's it's such a underrated song, and of course, it's uh, not that well-known anymore, right? Because mm-hmm. it's such an old mm-hmm. song, but I wanted to bring a song That'll take, you know, take be- take people back on the mm-hmm. kind of like the kind of like the underground scene, I would say, and where it mm-hmm. kind of all started and where it all began. So yeah, the lyrics are great, very deep. Um, it's kind of like a motivational song. So mm-hmm. definitely go check out the Quiet Keep Right featuring Loptimist. Yeah. You guys need to make a playlist of like hip hey, hop anthems. Oh sure. Why not? <laughs> for, you, for, for you know, <laughs> for oh, the people. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys should make that. Mm. Of course. For sure. Definitely. Go ahead. Um 
I'm kind of torn between two songs, but I guess I will go one with the more recent one since Dan offered us a classic. <laughs> um, Sokodome has a new EP out. Yes, I actually yes. um I reviewed this also. This was this was mind blowing. Like this was mind expanding music. Like there's so many genres incorporated together, and like. The lyrics are very representative of Korean society as well. Like, yeah. it was this rare occasion of experimental music having a pop sensibility. Like, the melody is great, and um, having lyrics that are not overly like complex but still very potent. Mm. Um, it's it's a song called MM. Yes, featuring it's a great song featuring our beloved Jay Park. Um, MM stands for murder mind. <laughs> like it's, you, you can, it's basically about like a person going a bit crazy and paranoid because of like constant labor. Know what I mean? Mm. And like the melody is like influenced by hyper pop a little, I think it's really poppy, but the production is experimental. The melody's poppy. So it's like everything you want from a song in like jammed into like three minutes so yeah check this out this was one of the most mind-bending genre experimentation that i have seen in korean hip-hop for a while i, re- I really liked it, it yeah the music video is great too yeah yeah the music video is so striking i was like yeah. it's it, it's it's amazing i feel yeah. like um in terms of the way that Sokodomo experiments it reminds me a lot of like this guy from brockhampton called merlin yeah. Mm. yeah. Right? Yeah, In terms of like tone and sound. You, you, yeah. you, you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like, really, really reminds me of him. Yeah. I'm, I, Brockhampton in general has that tendency to like fuse different all sorts of shit together and mm. make it into cohesive, like catchy music, right? Yep. Sokodomo does that. Like this is catchy. Like this actually makes you a head bop. Like, oh, this is, mm. this has a pop kind of appeal with being that experimental. Like, so... Yeah, perfect example of like fusing like the artsy side and the commercial side together and making it into something amazing. So check it out. Like definitely check it out. All sorts of genre influences on this great song, great EP, great rapper. Hope you come on the podcast sometime. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> like, let's see. Throw, I, throw it out there. Hey, Sokodomo, we want yeah, you. <laughs> I really want an interview with Sokodomo. I, I really want to see like how his creative mind operates. Like, yeah, yeah. It's it was mind blowing. That'd be great content. Yeah, uh, for that. Um, for me, I've got two EPs. <laughs> mm. It's a bit. It's a bit much, but um. I kind of want to see the R&B scene in Korea grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's not actually a scene yet. You know, it's mm-hmm. quite a new genre there. Uh, there is a bunch of like amazing artists and yeah. I really, really want to sort of support that with Soul Therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. And there is this artist called Jimmy Brown that mm. I've been listening to religiously. Mm-hmm. Um, he releases music all the time. Um, but in April... In the spam of two weeks, he released like two mini EPs, like mm-hmm. a collaboration EPs. Uh, one with um, Sweet the Kid, which is kind of like a newcomer in the scene as well. Mm-hmm. And another one with a American artist, I think, J-Word. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically these two EPs are like four songs mm-hmm. um, each. 
and they are just the most amazing trip into four mm. songs that you can get. Mm. It's really like melodies are there, mm. uh, beats are there. Um, I mean, it's quite simple beats, but they it really work um, with their voice. Uh, I just think, yeah, he's one, he's one of the ones that needs to get more recognition because yeah. he is definitely building, he's mm. helping building the scene over mm. there. And I really want to see this artist start popping up and stuff. So the EPs are called... Um, Cherie, I'm going to say it in French because I'm French and I cannot, <laughs> I cannot actually pronounce it. Cherie, yeah, there you go. Um, and then the other one is called The Good Days Boys. Mm. And yeah, just listen to them. Like, it's, it's amazing. Like, I don't know bad songs, literally, mm. like, no bad songs. And mm. it's only four songs. Yeah, go ahead and play them loud. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's it for us guys today. So, um, Thank you for tuning in and please do subscribe to the podcast on the streaming platform that you listen to your music and follow us on socials at soul underscore therapy. And we will see you next time. I mean, I don't know for me, but they will see you next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely be here. Yeah, we're not going anywhere. So cool. Well, see you whenever, guys. Peace. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.